This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. to the Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the canceled TV series in the science fiction, fantasy, and horror genre. We cover them episode by episode here on the Radio Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mr. Seneca. And tonight we are talking about Dracula, episode 8. From Come the- to Die, originally aired January 10th, 2014. Grayson and Van Helsing have a falling out following the cancellation of their public demonstration. This leads Van Helsing to quickly seek revenge against Mr. Browning and his family. Harker discovers that Grayson has been playing him for a fool and forbids Mina from seeing him. With this new information, Mina focuses her attention on her schooling, only to be attacked by Lord Davenport's men. Once Harker realizes it's Davenport who orchestrated the attack, he responds with murder. Meanwhile, Lady Jane learns that the legendary Dracula is back in London and back on the town. There's a great line at the beginning of this episode uh, when Dracula asks, who do I have to kill? And Renfield's like, may I suggest no one, sir? Perhaps just this once. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Um, these last few episodes, I think, became increasingly more and more violent. Well, yeah. I mean, we're in these two episodes, we're ramping up for the season finale, uh, which, by all accounts with the Dracula show, should be a bloodbath. Yeah. Now, what's funny yeah. is that the uh, the guy who directed this episode was the creator of the show, uh, and this is the only thing he's ever worked on, if you look at his IMDb credits, other than, like, a couple of things here and there, which are thanks and sells, but not, like, producer or writer. This was, like, this was it. This was his, this was his thing, and then that was pretty much the end of his career. Um, it got canceled after one season. I wonder if this hurt him in a way that he didn't want to work in Hollywood anymore. I mean, I, I hope not. I mean, I, mean, I, I hope that uh, this wasn't so disheartening of an experience for him. It's an excellent show on its own. I just don't really think it's much of a Dracula story. Yeah, and I wonder if um, Dakar Stoker felt the same way, because I invited him to come on our podcast to talk about Dracula, and he said that he watched it for two episodes and he couldn't get into it and has to politely decline coming on the show. Okay, well, that's that's fair. Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> what I mean, can you I, say? I mean, someone I, turns you down. It's yeah, like, oh, well. I, I, but uh, I was kind of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was kind of hoping that he would come on and at least talk about maybe some of the history of Dracula himself, because he's a, you know, he's a, he's a big expert of it all. But uh, that unfortunately didn't happen. Not a big deal. Um, but uh, he does have a new book out, which talks a lot about, uh, uh, Sorry, a new book about uh, Dracula, which is like a uh, another part of his family's continuation of the Stoker Dracula tale. Yeah, uh, like I, I do have some information about uh, Vlad Tepes, uh, which is mentioned specifically in this episode. Uh, the Dracul name is actually comes from his dad. Um, if if we had had that guess, we would have known that. Correct. But. Uh, 
So in this episode, we do talk a lot about uh, Vlad Tepes. Uh, we actually do see in this episode some of his famous impaling. Uh, but the name of Dracula actually comes uh, connected to his family from his dad. So Vlad II, uh, also known as Vlad Dracul or Vlad the Dragon, uh, that is Vlad the Impaler's father. And uh, he was a member of the Order of the Dragon. And that connection uh, to the Order, he was very proud of. He was very proud of that connection. And it, in fact, actually had some coins minted with the symbols of the Order of the Dragon on it. So the Order of the Dragon, uh, which is mentioned a lot in these two episodes since Jonathan is initiated, has a symbol of the uh, like a dragon eating its own tail and a... A symbol of the cross, which has the the other symbols adopted. Uh, it's a variation of the theme of dragon and cross. Uh, for example, one class of the order used a dragon being strangled with a cross draped across its back, and another presents a cross perpendicular to a coiled-up dragon with the inscription "O quam miscoris un est dus," uh, and that's vertically. And then justice et paciens. And that's uh, horizontally. Another emblem of the Order of the Dragon included a necklace and a seal, each with a variant of this dragon motif. That medieval iconography uh, from the Order of the Dragon, so the Order of the Dragon was formed in 1408 uh, by uh, Sigismund, King of Hungary, and then later the Holy Roman Emperor, and his wife, uh, Queen Barbara of Kelegi. So it was basically like a chivalry order to combat the Ottoman Turks, uh, to defend Christianity, etc., etc., um, and upon the establishment of the order, there was only 21 noble men, uh, most of them were just allies of the king, and those 21 noble men received the initiation into the order. So in this episode, uh, we do see... Is it this episode or the next one? You know, one of these two episodes here. Uh, we do see Jonathan's initiation into the Order. And along with a lot of occult initiations, there is several different elements. There is an oath. There is a spilling of blood. There is a ceremonial knives. And uh, when Jonathan is initiated and they put that knife to his throat, that is supposed to be a symbol meaning that if you defy the the order, if you break your pact, then you are forfeiting your life. And the oath that he gives is to that effect as well. So very common with a lot of occult um, initiations is that type of dedication to the order or dedication to the sect, whatever it is. It's usually not literally death upon betrayal, but it's that general concept. Uh, the spilling of blood is usually the initiant's own blood. Uh, they have to spill it in order to kind of prove that they're serious. And the way Jonathan is initiated, it's uh, kind of a slice across the hand between him and Browning, and they do kind of a blood brother thing. Now, that type of thing is not uh, not clearly the hand, um, because the hand is a more useful object, but... Um, most of the time, it was just a spilling of blood, and it could have been from anywhere, really. It more than likely would have been from somewhere unnoticeable, because this was a secret order, and you don't really want a wound of such magnitude, like, you know, cutting of a hand, just to be broadcasted to everyone. So it might have been a more subtle way to do the, the cut. But uh, anyway, the actual Order of the Dragon didn't really extend for very long. You know, the the prestige of the order went far longer, you know, went hundreds of years longer than the actual order did itself. The order expanded from 1408 into 1418, and it again expanded once more in the 1430s. So Vlad Tepes, which is uh, Vlad II's son, so it's Vlad III, uh, he was never really in the order, but he did get the prestige of the order from his connection to his, his father. He didn't actually use any of the, 
you know, symbology of the order. Like, he wasn't really a part of it, but the dragon that his father was very proud of um, transferred onto him, and that's where Bram Stoker got the word Dracula. Um, so it was kind of adopted as their surname. During Vlad Tepe's captivity in Hungary uh, from 1462 to 1475, a representative of the Pope in Buda, uh, Nicolae Medrusa, declared that he saw their tyrant Dracul, a name which the Romanians used for the devil, uh, and he saw that it was the, it was the uh, the devil and how and how evil this man was. He recognized how evil this man was, and that's that's where this cruelty and and where Bram Stoker really got the inspiration for this character. It, it, it's very interesting. Uh, the Order of the Dragon didn't really extend too much past uh, Sigusman's death in 1437, although the symbology did survive in a lot of coat of arms of those noble families for you know hundreds of years afterwards. It was something they were very proud of, even though it was kind of a secret society, um, but their work on behalf of Christianity was what really brought them into uh, this prestige, you know. When you're when you're working for the church, you get a lot of boons for it. So in this episode, Renfield is trying, trying so hard to convince Dracula to just take Mina or walk away from the situation. Things are getting so muddy. And these episodes, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Lady Jane admits that there's another elder vampire. Uh, um, it, it's like she just tried in the last episode to convince everyone that there is only the one vampire, elder vampire that died and that there's no other elder vampires and then suddenly she believes that there's an elder vampire. Can she you know, possibly believe that she is sleeping with this elder vampire? Well, she's a terrible hunter. Oh, my God. Hunter. I explained this plot line of this new version of Dracula to somebody, and they were like, it was clearly written by a man, and this was the worst written female ever created, that she can't figure out that the guy she's sleeping with is the vampire she's hunting. I'm like, it makes, it's the one problem, the, one of the biggest problems I have with this show is they do yeah. not write her as being like this intense, she, she's this fearsome vampire hunter, but she can't figure out that the guy she's sleeping with is the guy she's hunting? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief here. I'm sorry, uh, but that just doesn't work at all. That, that, no. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would totally tell if the person you're sleeping with does not have a heartbeat. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we've discussed already the Anne Rice vampires and how they don't exactly get it up, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we, we've already talked about that one. Um, the One of the opening scenes, though, is this prostitute vampire that Lady Jane talks to and corners and ends up, uh, the, the vampire blows her own head off after talking about Dracula. Yeah, and uh, the Order doesn't believe that Dracula's real. They believe him to be like a fairy tale told to vampires. Yeah. Like he's fiction, it, basically. Yeah, like, like some sort of big baddie that doesn't exist. Right. Um, so it kind of brings in question if, like, the obviously the novel is not in continuity with this show because the characters from the novel are on the show, so... Yeah, there's not a lot of crossover here between reality and the story and this plot line. Not a lot of crossover. Um, you know, what's funny is I was kind of hoping we would get a reference maybe to Castlevania, the video games, but we don't. Um, it would be nice if like somebody had like a whip or something, because that, that's usually the tool used to defeat Dracula in those video games. <laughs> uh, the long-running Castlevania series, well, I would say long-running up until 2013, uh, and then we haven't seen a new game since 2013 because Konami, the company that makes those, don't, does not make video games anymore. They make Pachico machines. Uh, but you can watch Castlevania on Netflix. There's two seasons of the animated series, which is amazing. And uh, uh, I forgot his name, but the actor who plays Thorin Oakenshield from the Hobbit films plays mm -hmm. um, 
the uh, Trevor, uh, yeah, Trevor Belmont, the main character. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you like yeah. that actor, uh, he does a great voiceover work for the, the main uh, vampire. And that show is violent as hell. And really good. It's 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 beautifully done. It's and it's also produced. Uh, sorry, the showrunner is Warren Ellis, who is a longtime comic book writer. Nice. Yeah, uh, we're having worked on. Uh, he's worked on uh, Constantine and X Men and Transmet- Transmet- Transmetropolitan. Transmetropolitan. Right, the boys um, and many 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 others. So definitely uh, an R- a a, a well respected comic book writer. Um, having worked on that show. Um, we do get into uh, how, in this story, Dracula was formed. So, Lady Jane says that the Order of the Dragon created Dracula, um, that he was created, not sired, through occult rituals. And I'd like to find out what those are, because if you can turn a, a mortal being into an immortal with some occult, like, I kind of want to know that. That'd be cool. Anyway. Um, usually it's like, I mean, if you... If you st- I think we we mentioned it and we talked about Dracula of the Undead, the movie starring. Um, oh, we have talked about it before. Yeah, yeah, but uh, who is who 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 is that um, that actor? Uh, I have to look that one up. It's basically Batman Begins, but Dracula Begins. Oh, sorry, Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Um, in that, he made a deal with a vampire in the mountain to get power to fight off the uh, the 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 Turks led by Dominic Cooper. Yeah, I mean. It's they don't really go into a flashback in this series. It'd be kind of cool if they did, but they don't. No, but that could have been something they could have been setting up for season two, which we will get to. Yeah, uh, we will that would our, that would have been cool to see. We will look into some uh, research on what they were planning for season two. Yeah, so uh, Jonathan is really kind of on a tear in these two episodes. You know, he he's. I mean, in the description, it says that he's played for a fool, and uh, it's like Grayson in the previous episodes had set up Jonathan to release some information about General Shaw, even though Grayson said, don't do it. Jonathan, of course, did it, but he was counted on doing it, Um, and that really ruined the trust between Jonathan and Alexander Grayson. And it seems to be deepening in this episode to the point where he's fully transitioning over into being kind of a double agent working against Grayson. Yeah, I mean, it. it uh, there's a line set at the end of, uh, is it this episode or the next one, where, Renf- where, Drac- where Renfield's like, your plan has now come together or something. Is it, that was this episode? I think that was the next episode. Okay, so, okay, so we'll get there. There's a lot of plans coming to fruition and a lot of plans almost seeming falling apart at the same time. There's a lot of plot lines going on and something's happening in this episode that I'm not exactly sure why. Like, in the beginning, he gets another treatment from Valen Helsing for his, uh, you know, daylight walking, and yet the following scenes don't feature him in daylight. Also, uh, i got to point out that Mina and Jonathan's back-and-forth relationship is so goddamn boring. Every five minutes, they're they're together. They're not together. On off again. On off. Yeah, yeah. It's it, just yeah. Nah. Mina gets pissed off, and Jonathan basically goes to her to to say that that Grayson is one of the most evil men he's ever met, and and she's saying like, well, then why are you working for him? And he doesn't really have an answer for her. Uh, and then he forbids. Uh, her from seeing him because of the you know flirtatiousness that they seem to be having their sparks that's kind of apparent to everyone um and then she says like you infect people and storms out uh breaking dracula's heart so there's a lot of on again off again feelings for people i mean mina can't seem to stick with one set of emotions and go with it it's drama for the sake of drama it seems yeah. It, it just—it seems a little bit too. Um, it, it, I just don't know if I, I'm just curious if the writers could really figure out like where they wanted to go with this relationship, um, because where we go at the end of the episode is really like, oh, we wanted to go there so soon. Yeah, yeah. I it, these 
these episodes. I mean, if if we're not telling a Dracula story, then this might be interesting. But the back and forth drama between Jonathan and Mina and Grayson and Mina seems to be a little bit much for me. Yeah, she people are confessing Lucy is you know has been flirting with Jonathan all this time and then asks him for a kiss. He does it and then you know, recoils back halfway through the kiss like no, no, I can't do this and I don't know. She she's going through some like emotional things trying to get Jonathan and yet her whole point about trying to bed Jonathan is that she's trying to break off their relationship with me, the relationship with him and Mina, so she could have Mina. I'm not sure what the logic is there, because if you have sex with your best friend's fiancé, you are not going to be a friend anymore. Uh, which we learn very soon. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Browning, which is the Order of the Dragons head guy... Uh, he has locked Grayson out of all of the London politics from the top down. So he can't demonstrate his machine. Can't demonstrate his machine that since the police kind of put this whole health, you know, issue around it with the poison milk and says that it's making people sick. So there's, there's not a lot that uh, Grayson can do about it. Until, you know, we get, we get later, you know, when Browning lifts all that, but at this point in in the in the show, like that's completely like he can't he can't test his machine and is also kind of ticking off Van Helsing because they have kind of a bargain with that. Um, it, it's all it's it's uh the 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 one thing I don't like about the show and it's been very evident from the beginning is uh Van Helsing being as bad as he is because the, what the Order of the Dragon did and, like, him working with Dracula. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a big fan of that whole, like, and he steals the kids and everything. There, There's a lot of missing motivations here. Things that really aren't clear. Uh, Mina is attacked by these three guys that were sent from Lord Davenport, and I'm not sure whether that was an order from the Order of the Dragon and they're just saying it wasn't an order or if Davenport did that on his own he was the one that actually um, stole the painting the the Dresden triptych right and, in the, and that's also not clear whether that was sanctioned or not there's a lot of lying going on and I can't really figure out who's telling the truth and what really is going on but Mina is attacked and she's attacked. She falls down the stairs. She's at the um, her her surgical classroom. She's attacked, and and she was going to have hydrochloric acid poured on her. Ouch! And until Dracula comes and saves the day by attacking and slaughtering all those guys. Basically, tearing them to pieces. Yeah, yeah. And, and then... she sees it, but is still very hazy from her concussion. So she doesn't really see it, but she knows it. Like. The back of her mind, like subconsciously, she knows it. John, uh, Dracula gets pissed at Jonathan for not staying with her, and he goes to uh, investigate what happened to Mina and finds the painting uh, of Mina um, and the connection to Dracula and uh, kind of feels like this is the accusation he put forth to Mina earlier uh, being brought to light as to be true. Well, if Grayson has a crush on Mina because, you know, he has been lusting after this particular person for years, how is that Mina's fault? I, I, I don't see why Jonathan is upset at her for something that Grayson is actually doing. Everything that, that he talks to her about, Grayson initiated, and she did not really fall for much of any of it. She she has been the recipient of kindness and gifts and has had no sexual connection with Grayson at all. Yet Jonathan's kind of acting like a like a dick, like like he like she is. Uh and it basically drives her drives him into the arms of Lucy. Yeah, and they definitely have sex. Oh yeah. They they have all sorts of sex and uh I mean, it's it's uh, and it's her first time as well. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's uh, she's apparently a virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes down on her too. That's uh, very disgusting. Discri- yeah, you can totally tell, you know, the way she's moving and all that. And the way he moves down the uh, sheets. I, I like how they imply that in television. Television like this, which is on at 10 o'clock at night, uh, that uh, they're never going to show him between her legs, but they'll always show the guy or the woman coming up from the sheets or going down out of camera to imply oral sex, which is, I think, more taboo than probably the act of two people having sex. Yes, most definitely. The the act of cunnilingus uh, or a blowjob is a thousand times on public television more uh, unbelievable than uh, just two people having sex. Because they have cartoon characters that have sex on The Simpsons or Family Guy, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on top of each other, and they may not be showing the motions, but you either hear the noises or you're seeing it in shadow. Yeah. And, and, it's, yeah. and that is just so like, oh, okay, whatever, they're having sex. Or they're like they're giggling or whatever and stuff that so you know what what's what's happening. But mm-hmm. to have that act happen on television on on, on a network like NBC, uh, that, it's kind of a big deal. Granted, of course, like Game of Thrones or whatever, or True Blood, it's like oh well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Who cares>? yeah. <laughs> well, the the act of like especially cunnilingus, uh, just in generally, is still one of those things that people have some sort of hesitation with. There have been a lot of uh, men throughout my life that oh, I have boy. seen pass through my door and back out simply because they would not do that that type of act. Seriously? Seriously. Wow. Yeah. Like, you guys still. And I don't understand it because a woman is almost expected to give a blowjob at some point in a relationship, you know, but to not uh, return the favor, that's just, that's just rude. That's just rude. Yeah, I've actually, what's funny though is I've actually dated women um, who, who didn't want to, be, to have someone go down on them. And uh, they said, no, it has nothing to do with you being a guy, and I am bisexual, but it has nothing to do with that. I just don't enjoy it. I just don't get any pleasure out of it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, I, but they're really giving. They're really like, oh, but I want to I blow you. And mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had one girlfriend who said that she was, that's how she was raped. Mm. So she never wants to have anyone go down on her. And maybe yeah. one day she'll enjoy it again, but for right now. And I, I've dated a virgin that was just like terrified of the whole idea of it all. She would, she would, even she would, she was, um, she would give a blowjob, but she was just like, no, don't, 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 don't. I just, I, I don't know what that feels like, and I'm terrified of that sense of that. I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> that, that's that's sad to hear. I was like, you know, you know uh, that's also when I found out she had never actually like, she has masturbated, but she has never brought herself to an orgasm. That is not uncommon. And she, did, I, she, she, she's like, I get to a point that I'm just like, what is happening or whatever, and I don't know, you know. And she has to calm down. I was just like, wow, you need to explore yourself sexually more. <laughs> Let me help you with this. <laughs> don't be hard on her. Don't be hard on her. It took me until I was like 22 to actually be able to do that she to was, completion. She was much older than that. Yeah, but it wasn't for lack of trying. I just, I don't, I just, I had never heard of that before. And I was just like, but she was very open to explore her sexuality. We never had sex, mm-hmm. but she was like into trying things or whatever. But it was, uh, it was, that was kind of new too. Yeah. You know, it's, sexuality is a very complex thing. And in the show, they're showing it very, very simply. Definitely. Um, well, that pretty much it. For this episode, uh, Dracula burns the picture, uh, reminding him of his wife. And then, uh, yeah, this is the end of the episode where Dracula's plan is coming together. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Harker worked out just as you planned. Basically. Renfield um, says that. I don't know if he was expecting to drive him into the arms of Lucy, because what we learn in the next episode is that was not part of the plan. No, no. it was not. But we There's will not, get there. But I guess I guess Jonathan says if you're in for a penny, in for a pound. So might as well if you're gonna ruin your relationship with Mina, might as well just go all hog on it. Right. All right. Well, that's and, and she gets his. Ha ha. 
right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, back with the next episode of Dracula Series on the Dead TV Podcast. What has he done? I do hope you'll pardon the interruption. Relatives of mine, I invited them with the promise that the cuisine here is excellent. Bon appetit, boys. I believe they call it the Declaration of War. Welcome, Mr. Harker. You keep coming back. I can't help myself. NBC's Dracula. All new next Friday at 10, 9 central. And we're back with the TV podcast, Dracula, episode 9. Four Roses, originally aired January 17, 2014. As Mina recovers from her attack, Harker joins the Order of the Dragon and Grayson goes to war with them. Everything begins to unravel. Browning desperately searches for his children. Lady Jane prepares for the ultimate vampire hunt and Lucy confesses her betrayal to Mina, destroying their friendship and ultimately suffering the ultimate backlash. With all the surrounding chaos, Grayson decides to make a heartfelt confession to Mina. Uh, so right in the beginning of the episode, Renfield wants Dracula to put his vendetta on hold, and Lady J finds out about the children but does not care because the Order of the Dragons kind of like the Jedi. You don't have any possessions. You don't care about anything. It's all about the mission. Yes. And, and I do have to say, the red and black dress that Lady Jane is wearing, I want that outfit. Oh my god, I want that outfit. Yes, it is ah. quite fetching. I mean, every dress that they stick her in is absolutely uh, breathtaking to look at. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, so, at the end of the last episode, we saw that Lucy and Jonathan go in and they have sex. In the morning, when Jonathan leaves Lucy's uh, place in this, almost like with this pissed off expression on his face after just having this excellent time with her, and Lucy's mother comes in and, and asks Lucy, what have you done? It's not Lucy's fault, really. It's both of their fault. Why is she blamed? Because she could have, uh, you know, she, she didn't have to be part of it. And Jonathan's not there to scold, and that's not Jonathan's mother. That's true. That's true. Jonathan's not there to be scolded, and that's not Jonathan's mom. So, of course, Lucy's mom would be like, what the hell did you just do? <laughs> uh Renfield also gets a talking to. Uh Dracula, you know, talks to him and and Renfield because he talked to Van Helsing and tells him, you know, about going after the order of the dragon directly. Van Helsing of course has stolen these children, lied to Renfield about stealing the children and Dracula comes back to Dracula and, you know, he says, well, I thought it was in your best interest, and he gets shut down immediately, and then has to kind of, he does this step back with his, like, whole energy field. He just kind of steps back a little and says, you're right, sir, I overstepped my bounds. It would not happen again. Uh, in this context, you know, the time of, you know, the uh, late 1890s when this is happening, that phrase specifically it just kind of struck me in this, in my heart, you know, this, the sadness of, you know, this very formidable black guy that works so hard for Grayson and then him having to say, I overstepped my bounds. Yeah. That, that's the ultimate just, you're right, I, I am not worthy of this and, you know, I should be shut down for this. And that's not really true. Like, he was perfectly legitimate in telling Van Helsing what the next step of their plan was because their plans for everything else were falling apart. It is also, uh, it, was it this episode or the last one where Dracula and Renfield get into a fight? That was uh, this episode. Okay, so this episode, Dracula and Renfield also get into a fight, and you got to think that even though Dracula is this uh, you know, all-powerful vampire and such, considering how often he's not feeding and stuff, uh, and, and, and Renfield being a, as... Uh, kind of a sumo wrestler himself or whatever, he could definitely probably uh, 
Well, he's a, he's very stocky. Yeah, he's I wouldn't a, quite say sumo, but he's very stocky. Yeah, he's very uh, he's very bulky. I don't know if it's fat or fat and muscle together, but uh, he could definitely uh, go around with Dracula before Dracula just unleashes the full fury and just cuts his throat open. But remember, he's just getting over being tortured. Who, so he's probably st- Renfield. Renfield's being just getting over being tortured, so he probably still has some fresh wounds. True, but he seems to hold his own with Dracula, and it's like oh, two, yeah. two good friends who fight each other, and then they kind of kiss and make up. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, the Order breaks into Dracula's home looking for the children. Drac tells Salinger he can search Carfax Abbey for the missing kids, but he won't find any because he's always wanted children, the little pitter-patter of their footsteps and everything. Ah, that's a good line, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, again, don't forget, this is Carfax Abbey that Dracula bought that he is living in, like in the book. So, yeah, that line specifically, it made me think of, you know, I've I've always wanted the pitter-patter of little feet, yeah. I've always wanted children on toast, you know. <laughs> Ah, like he's going to eat them. I love it. It reminds me of Drusilla in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she was like uh, little like Happy Meals on legs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Or she's like, she goes to the park in the, uh, in one episode and there's a child waiting for her, uh, waiting for his mother to come pick him up or whatever. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Drusilla asks the child, will your parents miss you when you're dead? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. The way she's like, she's like, I can help you. I can be your friend. Do you think your parents will miss you when you're dead? And then the, the child's like, you know, my mom told me not to talk to strangers. <laughs> and then she turns around and Angel's standing right there and Angel just says, run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, get out of here, child. Also, what freaking parent is waiting for their kid in the in a like uh at night in the playground? It's like all the worst places to pick up your child. Uh that is a latchkey uh situation gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, but I just I'm always reminded when something involving children is uh if something involves children, I'm reminded of that scene with Drusilla who's all like, "Your parents miss you when you're dead." Well, Browning sure misses his kids. Like yeah, he's, he's pissed. He's pissed. He's turning over Dracula's estate and breaking stuff. And ugh. Dracula but we find out who Van actually Helsing. has the kids. Well, Van Helsing. Van, yeah, it's Van Helsing who's planning on killing him the same way he was almost planning on killing Mina. Yeah, with the his his shiny <laughs> silver hammer, <laughs> Maxwell silver hammer. No, uh, yeah, that that silver hammer that he's just going to like crack open their skulls, and he just can't do it. You're right. Yeah, he's gonna use his. Uh, I'm assuming that's a morgue instrument. Um, it's probably used I, to crack open a skull for an autopsy. Yes, but I'm not sure it's specifically morgish. Not morgish, like from a morgue. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm I'm saying is that I think it's just a pure surgical tool. I don't think it's specific to the death services. Dracula reveals himself to what I thought was the Order of the Dragons, but it's just like a club with some of the Order in there. And then he's like, I have some friends in from town. Bon appetit, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. It it almost seems like Dracula has no interaction with other vampires, and yet here he is, you know, taking these vampire friends of his and leading them into this billiard hall for a bite to eat. On this, uh, going back to Angel, Angel Season 2, Angel gets fed up with Wolfram and Hart's BS. Wolfram and Hart is the evil law firm that's been, like, dogging dogging him uh, since the very first episode of his show. And he locks the heads of Wolfram and Hart in a conference room with uh, Drusilla and Darla. Mm, mm, and yes, yeah. Drusilla and Darla kill everybody. Massacre. Yeah, Angel's friends are not happy he did, he did that. I mean, these are bad people, but they're still people. They're not monsters, they're not vampires, and Angel didn't just let just let his sire and his uh his vampire daughter just kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, great when we scene, see... by the way. It's a great scene. Because <laughs> Drusilla and Darla are just so hot, all vamp-faced out and everything. Uh, <laughs> <ugh>. oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Uh, when we see the aftermath of this billiard hall gone bloody, there's all these... I, I'm not sure if they're police, because they, they keep saying that uh, they're with the order or whatnot, these inspectors. But 
Do you notice the ta the facial tattoo on one of those inspectors? Uh, they claim that he is a Maori warrior. Why do they need to put a Maori warrior on this case? I have uh, no idea. It goes nowhere in the story. I think maybe the writers just kind of picked uh, a profession and stuck it in the script for no real reason other than, like, because, 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 because... Because. Like, Maori is from New Zealand. No, no, yeah, I get that. that. I just think they just took some terminology and stuck it in the script for no other reason other than, like, it, to fancy it up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, uh, so, okay, so uh, Lucy visits Mina and reveals the truth about what her and Jonathan did. Not exactly saying it, but she, you know, pretty much implies. Yeah, Lucy's a terrible liar. Yeah, unfortunately. She keep a secret to save her life. Uh, Lucy's fate doesn't last much longer than that, because when Dracula finds out, he bites her and turns her into a vampire, as he does in the novel. Yes. Now, Dra While she's now, taking a milk bath. Yeah, very, uh, very, very sexy. Uh, while I go check on uh, something real quick, why don't you explain about milk baths? I'm assuming you maybe have taken one, or you know, maybe <laughs> something about them. They're mostly taken by women, usually, right? This is a well, milk baths are extremely good for your skin. Okay, like I have taken many milk baths, and uh, the fatty properties in the milk uh, actually causes your skin to feel nice and soft afterwards. Um, almost too much. If it depending on the percentage that you get, like if, if you put whole like whipping cream in your bath and you don't water it down, like if you were just to spend a ton of money and you know get a whole bunch of cream, you would feel very sticky almost. Uh, if you take two percent and put it in, it's enough to actually get your skin nice and soft without being. Uh, too uh, greasy or grimy from the fats on, uh, from the milk. Milk baths are very good for you, and in this so is apparently episode, a little bloodletting too. Well, back in the day, they did do the bloodletting as like a health thing. Dracula Although, certainly I, needed it for his health. <laughs> he did. Yeah, Dracula, Dracula he does to get have that healing factor up. Dracula uh, does have a great line. It says, "Hello, Lucy. If you insist on acting like a monster, I'm going to make you one." Yep, yep, I love that. <laughs> okay, out of all the reasons to uh, turn her into a vampire, I thought this was a, a, a incredibly extreme because in the book, he just does it because uh, she's like the first victim. I mean, she's written as being the first victim. And she dies, and then she comes back later on as the vampire. Um, so in the next episode, Lucy will be a vampire. But uh, I just thought if they were planning on this going for more than one season, they got to that very quickly. They did. It, I was actually very surprised that, you know, he goes to turn her purely because he's angry that she told that she that she uh, did that to Jonathan when in fact he's setting up Jonathan for a fall as well. So what's the problem? Dracula brings uh, Mina a couple roses. Can't stay away from her. Uh, Mina leaves, goes wandering the streets in kind of like a haze confronts Jonathan, Jonathan tells her the truth, and then she ends up back at the hospital. It just seems like the scene where she leaves, wanders aimlessly with a concussion, goes home, talks to Jonathan, comes back, and ends up right back in the hospital bed, could have all been avoided, and they could have just had Jonathan come straight to the hospital. You know, it, it just, it felt like the wandering scene and going home and the confrontation of the truth from Jonathan, it just, it, it wasn't needed. I just feel like it was really I, out of I place. Think pro I think probably around this time is where maybe someone from the executive side said, okay, we've got to wrap up this story really quick. It's season one, and we don't know if we're going to get renewed. Um, I want to point out that uh, Lucy's mother, played by Gemma Redgrave, was on Doctor Who for six episodes. She was Kate Lethbridge-Stewart. Kate was a character on the... From 2012 to 2015, uh, you know, between those doctors, which I believe was uh, Matt Smith, and uh, beginning of Peter Capaldi. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, she was in the Zygon Invasion, the uh, Magician's Apprentice, Death in Heaven, the Day of the Doctor, uh, which I believe the Day of the Doctor is. Uh, oh, the Day of the Doctor is the uh, 50th anniversary special where David Tennant and Matt Smith team up with the with the War Doctor played by John Hurt. 
Oh, nice. The war doctor, right. for anyone not familiar, was the doctor that was before Christopher Eccleston. Um, that uh, the the seventh doctor transformed into the one from the made-for-TV movie. Okay. Yeah, she's cool. been in. Uh, she has a long career going back to 1988 and is still acting today. Uh, bit part actress, but yeah, she was on six episodes of Doctor Who as that character. I remember her. Um, but in, the, in this episode, you barely kind of see her. But she's in like three of these episodes, and it was just like, really? She must have been like really small because I barely remember her from the other ones. Well, remember she did. She was at the dinner and paid for. Oh yeah, paid she was for the lunch with, with the fencing. Right, and she she'll be in the next episode. So okay, she hasn't been in that many episodes. She's in one episode. She's in the episode here where she says, "Lucy, what did you do?" And of course, I think she gets killed off in the fi- in the next episode. Like she's Lucy's first uh, victim. Uh, yeah, so, makes sense. Lucy as a vampire. Oh, so hot. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Get to that. Next we'll get episode. to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um. So Van Helsing, instead of killing the kids, is r- writing a ransom note. Right. So Fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Continue talking. Van Helsing is ransoming the kids because he can't kill them. Is that a worthy enough uh, retribution for killing his own kids? I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, the Board of Health cleared his uh, Grayson's machine for demonstration, so it. it Cleared quarantine, and, and Mr. Browning actually did that on his own. So, um, as the double agent, Jonathan steals the plans for the machine, so Browning has them, and he wants a catastrophe. He wants this demonstration to be so bad that it that no one else will attempt this type of energy source again. And I think I have the incident that he's try- that this show is trying to kind of connect here. Uh, because this machine is is generally based on Nikola Tesla. You know, it looks kind of like a Tesla coil. We're very steampunky here with the show, so I, you know, it's, it's Tesla. Uh, so I looked into what type of wireless technology and, and perhaps failures that he had. And there's one, even though it's not proven that Nikola Tesla was involved with it at all, um, there's one in all of the rumors that it's called the Tangusa event, Tanuska event. And that is in Siberia, occurred on uh, June 30th, 1908, in the Tunguska region of Siberia, causing the destruction of over 200 kilometers square of um, forest and land. And it was globally detected by pressure and seismic waves. Like, this was a huge explosion. Huge explosion. And it uh, exploded 5 to 10 kilometers above the ground. So there's no crater, you know, but uh, if you take a look at pictures of this, it is a clear field with trees, just as if someone had taken uh, their arm and just swept the trees. They're all, like, sideways on the ground in one direction. So this this massive area... Uh, Basically, the amount of force needed to do this is bigger than an atom bomb. Uh, uh, and and the, there's connections as to like why people think it might be Tesla, because uh, three months before the explosion, Tesla sent his associate to the Washington Library of Congress to acquire maps of Siberia, uh, precisely of the Tunguska area. So just because he inquired about it, they think that maybe he was involved with it. Um, but it, from all accounts, was a cosmic event. It was a meteorite explosion uh, mm-hmm. that basically hit the atmosphere and uh, exploded with that force above the ground, so therefore why, why it does not have a crater. But there is evidence that there was meteorite activity in the area at the time. So no one really in the scientific community, I think, believes that Nikola Tesla caused this, but it's reputed to be him. And I think that's the particular incident that they're trying to get this show to reproduce, like a catastrophe catastrophe of such magnitude that no one will look at wireless technology again. They'll just go for the oil and gas, and that'll be their go-to energy source. 
Well, that's pretty much it for this episode of uh, the Dead TV Podcast. The second to last episode we will be covering of Dracula, the 2013 series. I keep calling it Dracula series, but it's the 2013 series. Uh, Dracula series was a whole other show. We, we may cover one day because it's kind of silly and kind of fun, too, because I, I grew up watching it. But it's also incredibly hard to find on DVD now. The DVDs go for, like, $60. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, it came out like once from Best Buy, and uh, that was pretty much it. So, but um, well, I, I do want to leave you with one quote from Nikola Tesla. Okay. Our virtues and our failings are inseparable, like force and matter. When they separate, man is no more. End quote. Don't forget, you can find us on the Dead TV Podcast uh, Facebook page, where I just posted a link, or sorry, not a link, but a picture, and you can go to the website of the Adams Family, the movie, uh, starring Christina Ritchie and, and the late, great Paul, uh, Raul Juliet and Christopher Lloyd and, uh, and uh, Angelica Houston, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, uh, are doing a cast reunion. However, it's only Pugsley, Wednesday, Uncle Fester, and Lurch. Okay. But I don't see Christina Ritchie at a lot of conventions, so there's a great chance to meet her. This is yeah. also the same convention doing the first ever craft reunion Ooh! all four women of the craft will be at the con which uh i didn't realize until recently that the the, uh the veruca balk is that her name Mm -hmm. Uh, she was the evil witch in the craft all of the witch lore came from her yes she is very deep into the occult yeah yeah she's Uh, a really nice person too in real life not a complete and utter Psycho bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. She's movie. totally not like her character. No, she's not a yeah. Nazi either. If you've ever seen American History Act, she plays a Nazi in that movie. Uh, a white I, I danced Sorry. with her once at a goth club. Oh, do you have True photos? <laughs> yeah, and she was wearing a schoolgirl outfit because the theme of that day was kind of uh, schoolish. Oh my god! So, Find photos yeah. and, and send them. Send them to. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any pictures. This is before everyone had camera phones. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but it, right. was, it was completely sexy, and yeah, it was good. And you can good. also send us an email at thatradiohorror at gmail.com and find us on our individual Twitters at ChrisDSAV and at ElegantlyKinky. And if you'd like to join us on Patreon, you can at the Radio Horror Patreon page. Don't forget to also leave a comment, subscribe um, to our, U- our uh, not YouTube channel, excuse me, our iTunes channel, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you have, you have to listen to this podcast. And we'll and be please, back next if you, if you listen, please leave us a rating. We love those. Yes, definitely. And that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll be back in one week to finish off Dracula the series.